green light is on. There we go. Okay. Uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. The Bible says, Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Now that's a period at the end of the sentence. Abraham could give that testimony as he looked back over his life that God had been good to him. Maybe as you look back over your life, you can say the same thing. God has been good to me. And you know, it's not a question about what God has been in our lives, whether or not God has been faithful. We know that he has, and we can see the story in Scripture. But at this point in Abraham's life, he was not looking back. He was looking forward. And the question that was in his mind, and the question that may be in your mind is this. I know God has blessed me in the past. I know God has taken care of me yesterday. But will he take care of me tomorrow? Will he be faithful in the future to take care of all the things that concern me? Will he take care of the things in the lives of my children that I won't be here to take care of? Will he carry me from here into tomorrow and be the same faithful God that he's been in the past? So those are questions that perhaps we all have as we look forward. <clears throat> Can you trust God? Does he have a plan to work? And will he work that plan according to his wisdom? God made promises to Abraham that here at the end of his life still had not been fulfilled. He didn't own one stitch of the promised land except that cave that he bought as a burial site for his wife Sarah. That's all he owned. God promised to give him the land and he still didn't have the land. God promised to make his descendants more than could be counted and uh, there was only Isaac. That's the only one that he really had other than Ishmael who was outside the will of God. And so here he is at the end of his life. One of the things I've learned is the farther I go in my journey, I learned that life is about letting go. Uh, in our early years, uh, you know, we get out of college, out of high school, and we let go of home and family, and we pursue the purposes that God has for us. And then we have children, and one day we let go of those children. Some of you are, are releasing your children to the future that God has for them. And that's very hard to do when you release your children, when you let them go out of the nest. And then uh, as the farther we go in life, we begin to let go of friends and family. People around us die. We lose them. They go home <clears throat> to be with the Lord, and that's difficult. Well, here Abraham was standing, <clears throat> looking at the horizon of the end of his own life. Is God going to be faithful? Is God going to carry through? Is he going to continue to fulfill his promises? So you probably have something in your life today, something that concerns the future, wherever you are in whatever stage of life you're in. Is God going to be faithful to you? Well, the Bible says that Abraham was old and advanced in age, and yet even at this stage of his life, Abraham was modeling a life of faith uh, before his family. Now, what we, we're going to learn, we're going to look at this whole chapter, and by the way, it's 60-something verses long. We're not going to look at all the verses, but we're going to look at the gist of the story. I hope that you'll follow along in your scripture, uh, in your Bible, as we go forward. And we're going to talk about Isaac, because this is what this chapter is about. Isaac was now old enough to marry. And so Abraham is going to send out his most trusted servant to find a bride for Isaac. Now... That may seem strange to you because in our, in our culture, 
a man finds his own bride and a woman finds her own husband. But for Abraham, as well as Isaac, the journey of this servant represented an absolute trust in the God of the universe to know what was best for both father and son. And here's the question that you have to make today. Will God do what is best for me? Can I trust my future into the hands of God? Genesis chapter 24, beginning to read in verse 2. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who was in charge of all that he owned, place your hand, please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you shall not take a wife from my, from, for my son from among the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to the land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land, that same God will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you shall be free from this my oath, only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Abraham was not sending his servant to choose a bride for Isaac. He was trusting God to guide his servant to the girl of God's choosing. He was trusting God to keep his promises from here to eternity. Now here's number one. This is the first point. Abraham was trusting his future into the hands of God. Have you trusted your family's future into the hands of God? You take a look at Abraham's faith in God for the future. First, he trusted God to direct his servant. He said, my God will send an angel before you. Whose vision are you following for your family's future? Is it yours or is it, or is it God's? You might remember... Abraham muddled through the first 75 years of his life without a clue about what God wanted him to do. Not being in the center of God's will. It was only after he got 75 years old that he sort of woke up. He heard God speak and he followed God. Now he's absolutely convinced after all these years that no one but God could guide his family. And we need to be convinced of the same thing. Here's number two, point number two. Abraham was, de was depending on supernatural guidance in the ordinary circumstances of life. And so must you. Who are you trusting to give your children success? Are you trusting your plans and your priorities, your wits, your wisdom? If it was important for Abraham to trust God thousands of years ago, how much more important for, is it for us in our fast-paced technological society to trust God to make sure that we get to the right place at the right time and also to trust that He gets our children at the right place at the right time? One of the remarkable facts about Abraham's faith 
is not only did he trust God to guide his servant, but he also trusted God to work in the heart of the woman uh, to which he, God guided him. So are, are you seeking, I would like to ask the young people here today, I see some young women out here, I know uh, there's some others, maybe you're trying to make some decisions. Are you seeking God's guidance about who you should marry? And what about parents praying for their children about God guiding your child to the right person to marry? What, what if you're not around when the time comes when that decision to be is to be made? Can you trust the future into the hands of God? Does God still give supernatural guidance in the ordinary circumstances of life? I have a testimony I can give you. When I was 17 years old, man, 17, that's something. I, I can still remember that far back. When I was 17 years old, I was a senior in high school, and I had adjusted my life to say, God, I want to be what you want me to be. I don't know what that is. I hadn't been called to preach yet. I just knew that God wanted me to adjust my life to him. And so I was trying to get some things straight. I was playing football. I was on the football team. And I was really trying to be serious about doing God's will in my life. And so I was trying to release everything to God. So I said, okay, God, we've got a sweetheart banquet at church. And uh, I was real shy. Senior in high school, really shy. Never had invited a girl on a date. And I said, God, if you have somebody that you want me to go to the sweetheart banquet with, would you have them call me? <laughs> the gospel truth. October the 16th, you can see I remember. October the 16th, 1973, the telephone rang. By the way, it was on the wall in my mama's house. It is still on the wall, the same phone in the same spot. It rang. It's a telephone. You have to dial it with your finger. It rang. And this girl said, would you go to the sweetheart banquet with me? When I hung the phone up, my head almost hit the ceiling. And my head has hit the ceiling in my mom's house before. I jumped so high, I was so excited. She sits on the front row down here with me today. You can ask her the story. God answered my prayer. He, well, you clap. <laughs> you might want to groan sometime. But he answered my prayer. And I knew that God, in the ordinary circumstances of life, when I was just a teenager, God showed me that if I would ask Him, He would help me. He would guide me. And I've seen that over and over in my life. Some of you can give testimony in the same way God guided you. He helped you to find the right job, to be at the right place at the right time. So Abraham was simply trusting God to work in the ordinary circumstances of life. Number three, Abraham's own faith inspired others to look for and depend on the guidance of God. You see, a man's faith not only impacts his children, it impacts the lives of other people. This servant that Abraham sent out grew up in Abraham's house. He was raised around Abraham, so Abraham had mentored him. He influenced him to be sensitive to the leadership of God. Now, you may never be a father, but you'll mentor someone. Someone is watching your life and witness. Somebody will choose to model their life after yours. And that's the way it was with this trusted servant of Abraham. Abraham lived a life of dependence upon God. His last days continued to reflect that dependence and those who watched his life practiced the faith of Abraham. Look at, at verse 10 
through uh, 14 of Genesis chapter 24, beginning to read in verse 10. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things from his master, with his, from his master in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go to draw water. He said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, notice he's praying, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. He's still praying. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, please, Let down your jar so that I may drink. And who answers, drink, and I will draw water, and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown loving kindness to your master. So here he was simply praying. He's inspired by the faith of Abraham to depend on God. He kneels and he prays. And he committed his cause to God. He indicated his own need for God's involvement. He knew, this servant did, that this decision was not to be left to him. And he knew he was helpless without God's guidance. James said in the New Testament, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously, liberally, and doesn't hold it back. He doesn't scold you when you ask for wisdom. Please notice the specifics of his prayer. First, he acknowledged the preeminence of God's will in this matter. He said, let her be the one you have appointed. Second, he sought a specific sign so that there would be no way he could miss God's will. He said, let her be the one who answers, drink, and I will water your camels also. So I simply ask you, have you trusted your future to the hands of God? Are you seeking God's Are you seeking the supernatural guidance in the ordinary circumstances of life? Does your faith and your faithfulness inspire others to depend on God? Now, here's this servant simply modeling Abraham's faith. But don't forget about Isaac, because Isaac is in the background of this story. And think about him. Somebody else is going to find him a wife. So do you think that he ought to be trusting God? And he was trusting God, and we'll see that in just a moment. Number four... Abraham was willing to allow God to choose what was best for him. Are you? Are you? Do you believe God knows what is best for you? Do you believe that God's will is always best? That His directions are always right? Across the years of Abraham's life, he learned that God could be trusted. You will never trust God in the future if you're not trusting God today. I've told you before, I think I've given you the illustration about how I picture faith in my mind as we go through life because decisions get a little harder. When I was a young boy, a little boy, I took swimming lessons when I was about five, and uh, our, our lifeguard was teaching us how to swim. He started with us at the shallow end of the pool. You remember me telling you this story? I think I've told you before. And how as a little boy, he said, he asked us to jump in the shallow end into his arms, and we did. Uh, as the week went by, We got a little deeper. We got up to the rope. We'd go up to the rope, and he'd say, jump. The water was a little deeper. And then one day, we were down at the far end of the pool, and I was on the high diving board, and I can remember as a little five-year-old boy looking down and seeing the lifeguard in the pool and him saying, jump. And I jumped. 
and he caught me. You know why I jumped in the deep water? I jumped in the deep water because the lifeguard caught me in the shallow water. If you're not jumping into God's arms in the shallow water, then when the water gets deeper, you're not going to jump either. You need to start trusting God today in the little bitty decisions of life, the little ones. And you, you trust the supernatural activity of God in the ordinary circumstances of life. And then when you get to an incredibly difficult moment in your life, then you instinctively say, God, I don't have a clue about what to do. But Lord, my eyes are on you. I'm trusting you to guide me, to choose what is best for me. Do you have that kind of confidence in God? You know what Paul said? He said, we serve a God who did not spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So did God come through for Abraham? Look at the rest of the story. Genesis chapter 24, verse 15. The servant, remember, he's praying. And later he's going to say, He's praying in his heart. We're not going to get down to that part, but later in the story, he recounts what has happened, and he said, I was still speaking in my heart. And the Bible says, verse 15, Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and had no uh, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your jar. She said, Drink, my Lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished. You know, when I read that yesterday, I never thought, How much water does it take? to fill up a thirsty camel. She was a working girl. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. He's got the first sign. God, you have guided my footsteps to this moment, to this woman, and we see how things are working out. I wonder... If you're thinking about how God's working in your life, some of you got, we got a lot of young girls in here today, some young men as well. Can God guide your life like that? Can He guide you to Mr. Right or Miss Right? You can certainly find the wrong person. That's very easy to do. But can you trust God to guide your footsteps, to guide the circumstances of life so that somewhere on one day you bump into somebody and that person is the very person? that God wants for you. So, uh, the servant prayed a specific prayer. He received a specific answer. And the Bible tells us that while the servant was on a journey praying, Isaac was also praying because if you look way down in the chapter at verse 63, the Bible says every evening he went out to meditate in the field. Can you imagine that? Here's this guy walking around in the field saying, God, I sure hope he's going to find the right one. God, I sure hope she's going to be pretty. God, I sure hope she's going to like me when she sees me. You know, all of those things that a young man might be thinking about. Isaac is rolling those things around in his mind. And how did God do? The Bible tells us the girl was beautiful. She was a virgin. That tells us a couple of things there. Number one, beauty was important, but purity was paramount. However, beauty 
and purity weren't the only qualifications that she needed to meet. She needed to be from the right family. She needed to be from a family of faith. She needed to be from the heritage of Abraham. So the servant was praying and waiting for God to make it clear who he had chosen back home. Isaac was walking in that field by faith. And you know Abraham is a man of prayer. He was praying. He was trusting the future into the hands of God. Do you trust God with your future? Do you trust Him to know what is best for you, not only today as we sit in church, but in every circumstance of life? Every time that you get ahead of God and make your own choice or go your own way, you will find, you will discover it was a terrible mistake. I know that by experience. I have done that many times. I have prayed, yes, and on occasion gotten good guidance from God. And on other occasions I have not prayed and I have made a mess of my life. Number five, Abraham trusted God to open all the right doors. Now remember, as Rebekah watered the camels, Abraham's servant stood there wondering if this was the right one. Verse 22, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing ten shekels in gold and said, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room for us to lodge at your father's house. She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. Again, she said to him, we have plenty of both straw and feed and room to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. He said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the to the house of his master's brothers. But it was not a done deal. Doors were yet to be opened. The girl had to be willing to go back with Abraham. Now I want to ask you, can God open all the right doors for you to be where you ought to be, for your life to be just like he wants it to be? Can he do that for you? <clears throat> I have a man I love to listen to. He's, he's passed on now. But his name is Dr. J. Edwin Orr. He died in 1987 and he was... Uh, an expert on, on revival. He was, Billy Graham sort of was an associate of him early in Billy, in, in Billy Graham's life. J. Edwin Orr sort of mentored uh, Billy Graham. And when Orr responded to the call to evangelism, he had the equivalent of 65 cents in his pocket. One of his friends uh, told him he ought to reconsider and go back home. And J. Edwin Orr told his friend, he said, the Bible says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If that is true, God will show me. If it's not, the sooner I find out, the better. That was in the early 1930s. The world was in the grip of the Great Depression. And he answered God's call that God had given him to evangelize England. He had 65 cents in his pocket, the equivalent of 65 cents because it's British money, and so I call it the equivalent of 65 cents because that what, what, what it, that's what it was. He had the equivalent of 65 cents in his pocket and a bicycle. And to make a long story short, J. Edwin Orr traveled the world by faith, depending completely on God and his testimony of how God got him into places like Russia and other countries and God got him to the right door at the right time is absolutely amazing. God worked in his life. 
in ordinary circumstances, gave him supernatural guidance, provided for him, opened all the right doors, and God will do the same thing for you. So Abraham sent his servant by faith. The servant made the journey by faith. Isaac waited at home by faith. Abraham told his servant, if you find the girl and they don't give her to you and she's not willing to go, you're free from my oath. But so Abraham trusted God to do his own work. To make a long story short, the family was elated. They immediately saw this as the will of God. Her family did. But the girl has still got to say, okay. And her response is in verse 58. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. God had opened all the right doors. Every evening Isaac prayed that God's will would be done. The servant all along the way prayed that God's will would be done. Abraham somewhere in the background, advanced in age, was praying that God's will would be done. And what happened? Well, the Bible says when they saw each other, it was love at first sight. After Isaac heard the servant's testimony, the Bible says in verse 67, the second part, and she became his wife and he loved her. It was a marriage made in heaven because they trusted their future into the hands of God. And so can you do that? Can you trust the decisions that need to be made in regard to your life, in regard to your children, in regard to your future? You say... I know God's been faithful in the past, but will He take care of me in the future? In fact, He took care of Abraham until His very last day. In the next chapter, Abraham dies. He's buried in the cave that he bought for Sarah to be buried in. His body is planted there in faith that God would give him the land. Even in his death, He's trusting his future into the hands of God. Some of us are at different stages of life. Every one of us has a decision to make. Are we depending on God in regard to that decision? Are we trying to make that decision on our own? Can you trust the future into the hands of God? Let's pray. Lord, as we stand on the cusp of the future, all of us do, every person here, because tomorrow is the future for us. Help us, Lord, to know that you're going to take care of us. Help us to know, Lord, that if we faithfully follow you, that you will give supernatural guidance in the ordinary circumstances of our lives. You will open all the right doors. You will be faithful. Because it is your desire for us to have not only our best, but your best. Now, Lord, I pray for some person here today to release their life to you. To say, God, I give up trying to go my own way and do my own thing. God, I want your will for my life because I realize that you know more about the future than I do. And so I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.